swinging for home. Again, Moldavian finds the lead from Thesio Rahib, zipping in Samantha, missing Sarita behind them. Moldavian for home, led by two lengths. Down the outside is zipping Samantha, missing. Then came Sarita. It's Moldavian well clear. Samantha is running on strongly. Zipping coming back, but Moldavian wins it. Moldavian a link to zipping. We only spoke about him last week with Levi Kavanagh and the drama surrounding the Caulfield Cup when he had blood pouring from his neck, Maldivian, and then Eskimo Queen came out of the Caulfield Cup that year. Uh, this was a year later, of course, and he won the Cox Plate uh, 2008 with Michael Rod aboard. He started $11, as you heard, defeating Zipping and Samantha Mess, and he ended up with nine wins from 30 and 2.8 in prize money. But the gentleman on top, 34 Group 1s under his belt, Michael Rodney, hasn't ridden since May 2021. His last winner was Criminal Defence in the Rough Habit Plate for the Holberts, May 2021. But he's back on the weekend. But it's time to talk to Cam Partington because Cam's got his finger on the pulse, of course, in regards to anything in regards to uh, Queensland racing. And there's going to be some significant changes to the weights in Queensland to try and assist jockeys going forward as well. So Cam Partington's with us to talk about plenty of things this morning. How are you, Cam? Yeah, good morning, Steve. Yeah, thanks for having, having just, me on. Just with Michael Roddy, he wants to stay out of the limelight, understandably. He's been bat battling post-concussion syndrome the past couple of years. And have you got him booked for a couple of the weekend? Yeah, mate, he comes back this Saturday and um, he'll have a couple of rides. Um, we're just going to come back. You know, Michael just wants to come back sort of slowly. His fitness is fantastic. He feels great. He's just done so much work to get here fitness-wise, just, you know, track work, trials in the gym. And he just wants to basically make sure with his weight and everything else, he just does it in a way that his body sort of, you know, ha handles it perfectly rather than sort of rush back in and, and sort of, you know, have any other complications. So no, he's 100% right. We'll have a couple on Saturday and then just slowly build that up as his weight comes down as well and um, be back in full swing probably within a month, hopefully. Lovely. A couple around the 58 mark. Do you know what the horses might be? Yeah, we've got a couple in mind at the moment. Steve, nothing locked in, so we'll um, obviously accept this tomorrow. So we're just just throwing them around. We're around that 58 mark at the moment and just, you know, slowly creeping down over the, over the months. Just on the post-concussion syndrome, just before we move on, you, how did that, um, it was a knock to the head or a head injury, wasn't it, many years ago, plus battling weight contributed to it as well most of his life? Yeah, look, a long story, Steve, but it's a combination of a lot of things and obviously falls, previous falls, and then he had another fall that, ha that happened uh, not long after he got here, which sort of, you know, really knocked him around more than he thought. And um, look, obviously, just tried to sort of ride within that. And um, at, the, at the end, it's, he wanted to get his body right, and he knew that it wasn't wasn't right. So he took the right amount of time and got the right amount of help to to do that. And then, you know, started the slow progress back and did it the right way rather than rush back. So um, look, it's just been a, a, a huge effort for him to do it. And now he's back. And when you see him and, and, and look at him and talk to him, you know, he's just as fit as a fiddle. And you know. Obviously, you just want to put him on, so that's what the plan yeah, is. Yeah, he's such a professional. Just go about his business in a in a wonderful manner. Of course, he started riding in 2000. His first winner was at Grafton. Uh, first uh, day out at the races was Gosford, as I said, Jan 2000. Cam, tell us about the significant news, read the weights and the changes that are going to emanate or materialise over the coming months. Yeah, yeah, Steve, look, on November 11th, it's all set to happen, which is a, a change in the weight spread. So our 54 kilo minimums, which we have, through our Metro and provisional, provisional Racing will stay the same, but the, the top weight, the 59, will go to 60 kilos. That'll give the handicappers six kilos to work with instead of five, which just makes the, the race more of a true handicap straight away. It, it means that those horses that are down on the minimum, obviously if we didn't have a minimum at all, it would be a true handicap, but the ones on the minimum now... You know, have have got you know six kilos to give to the top weight instead of five. So it's certainly going to 
help horses, more horses have more opportunities to be better handicapped and, and put in a position to, you know, to win the races better. And obviously from a punting point of view, you know, if you like a horse that's down in the weights, it's getting closer to its weight the best you can. Combine that with the true weights that we use in metropolitan areas only, so that's not changing. So the metropolitan areas, which is your Wednesdays and, and Saturday racing, will have the true weight still, which means that you can go down as low as 52. So really our, our weight spread for a metro race is going to be that eight kilos, which is, you know, really is a true handicap. It was close to one as we can get for most horses. Um, those, you know, weighted below 52 obviously still carry that minimum, which is now the 52 if it's a true weight. But look, that's just, you know, it's great news for, for the racing side of things. Um, jockeys will probably find a bit of an advantage. There'll be sort of heavier horses generally. The weights will be up a little bit more across the board. Um, so some of the heavier jockeys might have more opportunities. It might also encourage more apprentices to come to town. We often have shortages of apprentices. You know, we say, oh, we haven't got any good apprentices in town. Well, when they're 60 kilo top weights, you know, in most races, that's going to make one of trainers want to, want him to claim. So it's going to have a, a bit of an effect across the board. But um, the main thing it'll do is make sure that every horse in the race has got, you know, the best possible opportunity to win the race based on their handicap. Of course, it'd be 61 with the vest, won't it? That's correct, yeah. Mm. So, And then with the true weight, Steve, the other big change is that we, we wanted to bring it into provincial racing and and there was a lot of talk, you know, from particularly from trainers and, and connections wanting to have the true weights. They work so fantastically well in the metro area. Um, but, look, you know, it's not as easy to find those lighter jockeys, particularly the, the further west or north you go. So, look, they're not going to bring it into the provincials at the moment, but it will come into the feature races in the provincial areas. So all those cups up north, you know, your Cleveland Bays and, as I say, all those sort of new markets and things, those things are called feature races if they're worth $75,000 or more. They will have the ability to have true weights, which is fantastic because we want to make sure that all those country horses that come in and want to have a crack at their local cup, they're now going to come into those races at 52 kilos instead of 54, which gives them, you know, maybe eight kilos to the top weight or, you know, or more rather than, you know, the current five or six. So, um, yeah, big changes. And, um, look, Racing Queens have done a great job in, you know, coming up with this, consulting with the industry. It's taken quite a bit of time. It's not completely different. You know, if you have a look down south, they do very similar things. You know, and some would say we're just sort of following on from them. But it, it wasn't an issue that they took on. Wanting to sort of look at both the, you know, looking after jockeys as, as much as anything else, but at the end of the day also making our racing as competitive as possible. There was a, a significant meeting some Mondays ago, of course, with industry participants. You were there, uh, Jason Scott from Racing Queens, that was there, uh, the steward. Yeah, just in relation to a couple of things I want to mention to you, Sunday Twilights is going to be a trial period coming up, and what do you think of that personally, running alongside Hong Kong Racing on a Sunday? Yeah, look, the way the Racing Queensland is presenting it to us now, it's certainly very palatable. It's it's really only going to be about an hour later, and it's only at the moment the trial will be for mid-January through to sort of mid-February, and it'll line up, as you say, with those Hong Kong races. But if that last race is around the 6.30 mark, which is, you know, we currently race till about 5.30 up there, we've got plenty of twilight, and the lights are there if they want to throw them on, you know, towards the end, which is always a nice spe little spectacle. But that sort of time frame, look, it's not ideal for people when they're driving back to Toowoomba or the Gold Coast or, or Brisbane to get back, you know, get back to their stables at sort of 7.30, 9 p.m. Uh, but that's palatable. Um, if it had been any later than that, and you know, into the 7:30 range or something like that, it certainly wouldn't have been great for you know for participants. So, good for Racing Queensland that they've recognised that you know that's as late as it needs to be on a Sunday. You know, give everyone a chance to get home to their families at a reasonable time frame, 
and hopefully the you know if it if it works out the turnover numbers do increase we line up you know when everyone else is watching Hong Kong race seven or eight which are their big races there's still a, a couple of races at the Sunshine Coast to to bet on and that's what it's all about if it makes us more money we as we as the participants have to have to recognise that if it doesn't well you know we don't really want to be you know working ourselves in these sort of hours for for no return so that's the story with mm. the, with the twilight Steve. We raised the issue of work cover, or we raised the issue many times on this program over the years. It came to a head, of course, in recent months again with Kelly Sweeter and his bill we posted on social media. Um, you know, Tony Gollan's stable, for example, and Tobin Trent, over 200 and a few others. I think Racing Queensland are going to assist the trainers going forward, are they, uh, to Look, try and yeah. give them some financial relief? Yeah, what we did, Steve, was we've been rattling the cage of Racing Queensland about work cover for 15 years. And this is, um, Jason Scott was able, probably the first time we've really got the Racing Queensland through Jason to listen to the problem and the root of the problem. And it's not a normal industry, the racing industry. If it was a normal industry, we would be paying a third of what the premiums would be. And we would probably just be getting on with life like everyone does and saying that's part of business. There's a lot of abnormalities in the racing industry. And the first one is we work with horses and they're very dangerous. You know, not too many other industries work with an animal directly all the time. So that just means that you're going to have accidents. That's accidents that are going to happen and they're going to cost money. They're going to hurt people. And that's what costs. And the other avenue too with racing, you know, is the, the fact that there's a lot of trainers out there and it's very difficult for the the work cover people themselves to, you know, audit and control and keep an eye on what everyone's doing. You know, we want to see that, you know, ramped up a lot, but work cover's only got a certain amount of resources. So what Racing Queensland are going to do, they're still working through closely with the ATA and, and industry in general, coming up with some way of assisting the relief with the premium, but, but obviously also fixing all the other little problems. If we can fix all the little problems of work covers, and there's many of them, we can turn that sort of uh, ever-increasing premium around or at least stop it in its tracks and, and start to work on bringing it down. But we do need some relief, and Racing Queensland have recognised that. So I'd say in the next sort of months, coming months, we hopefully will see some strong announcements where you know the industry has recognised it and is going to do something about it. Because if we don't, it's just going to continue to wreck trainers and, and wreck trainers will just leave the industry because they just won't be able to afford to, you know, to be a horse trainer in Queensland the way the work cover's going. Anything else you'd like to stress this morning whilst you have the opportunity, Cam? No, see, that's probably about it. There was there was plenty there for the at the meeting, and, the, and all the ATO members got you know all the summary of all that. So, look, some you know great things happening in Queensland, and you know Jason's got the new CEOs come in, you know, to fill the big shoes of Brendan Parnell. And look, you know, we think he's doing a great job. He's got plenty on his plate, and um, you know, hopefully the, the tough times that are ahead, and we're going to start seeing them. I mean, wagering numbers aren't what they were. And that's going to mean things like, you know, additional races and dividing of races and minimum field size. You know, if there's not enough horses in the race, we're going to start having to, you know, be, be a lot. Uh, we're already seeing it. And we're going to, you know, trainers have to recognise that, that the race that's in the program in, in a month's time, if it doesn't get the right amount of support, it may get moved a week or it might even get, you know, changed altogether. So the ATA tries to make make keep you accountable to that because obviously you know any race is important and, and if you set your horse for for a race you know down the track you want to have the opportunity to get to it but there is a fine line and a balance there and we work with RQ and hopefully we get a good result for everyone thanks for coming on cam 
Thanks, Steve. Cam Partington from the Australian Trainers Association, the Queensland Division. Of course, New Zealand on the weekend, a horse we've been following his progress. If you happen to miss it, he was chasing five from five. Crescetti on the weekend by Zakinto. It was his first go at 1,400 metres. And let's pick up the closing stages. He found the top um, shortly after the start. Now we've got Lupe Solitario to catch a thief is looking to warm up. It's still Crescetti in front, shooting for five in a row from to catch a thief and Lupe Solitario snakes alive. That's five in a row for Crescetti. He remains unbeaten and he's done it with his ears pricked. Second over. Photos between So there you go. Yeah, he found the front. He just did a little stumble shortly. Warren Kennedy pushed him out. He just did a little dipsy doodle shortly after the barriers opened, but got him to the front, rated him beautifully, and he kicked, and he was never going to be beaten at about $1.30 or $1.40, Grishetti, on the weekend. So he sticked the 1,400-metre box. Um, so he's basically led four of his five. Two ago, he didn't lead. He sat in behind one, and we saw what he could do there after a few anxious moments. And that was a rain effect two ago as well. So what happens now? He goes to a mile. By the way, the time of that race... Um, I can't access the last 600. I dare say it was fast because it was only an average run race. Uh, like the open company horses on the day went about a second faster uh, than Grishetti. But I dare say the sectional would have been much quicker than the open company race. Um, but I'll try and access some of that sectional data for you. But anyway, he got it jo job done and he's favourite now, of course, to win the mile in a, in a few weeks. And some wonderful horses have won that uh, that race previously. I mean... Uh, Darcy Brahma comes to mind and I've oh, been some real top New Zealand stars. I did print them out somewhere. I'll find them for you uh, in a moment. I'll mention some of the previous winners of that uh, that 2000 guineas. Isn't it interesting in Hong Kong at the moment? We, we, we follow this, of course, but Bowman is now four wins clear of Zach Purton on 16, Hugh Bowman on 20. Bowman was at it again. There were two winners on the weekend. Um, surprisingly, Zach hasn't ridden a winner at the past two meetings, which is just so rare in Hong Kong. Of course, even the sprint star, Lucky Swainess, was beaten on the weekend. He, he just doesn't have any early speed. He's a funny sort of horse. You've got to liven him up early, and Zach got him up outside the, the uh, other favourite, Victor the winner, who beat him first up. But it was a bit of a surprise result there. Uh, on the weekend and that big sprint in Hong Kong. Uh, well done to Brenton Abdullah, uh, by the way, in winning that race last weekend. I might mention Brenton Abdullah. Yeah, so he's had 55 rides this season for two winners, six seconds and five thirds. And he rode that horse to victory on the weekend for John's side, sight success. So it caused a major upset, beating Lucky Swainess, uh, the established sprint star, last Sunday. Of course, Lucky had to carry a lot of weight again around the 61 uh, kilogram mark, but um, yeah, this horse nailed it in the last couple of bounds. So Brenton Avdala, hopefully that feature race success on the weekend will give him a real kick and he gets some better opportunities because he's been I think, punching around a lot of longer prized horses, uh, Brenton Avdala. But he was all around the money there on Sunday. He rode a couple of fours, a second as well uh, for Jamie Richards on Fortune Master uh, B. Avdala. So that's all you need, just a bit of luck some, or a bit, you know, get on a reasonable horse and have a bit of luck. And it's amazing the doors uh, it will open there uh, in Hong Kong.